Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jonathan Greenblatt, the chairman and co-founder of Legal Innovators, an alternative legal services provider. He is a retired partner of Sherman and Sterling, where he focused on commercial international arbitration and litigation. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you, Ari? Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Legal Innovators. I was with Sherman and Sterling. I was there for 40 years practicing in litigation and international arbitration, which exposed me to a lot of different types of practice areas. But the 40-year span gave me some context for the evolution of primarily big law, but law in general over the course of that time, and particularly the way we recruit and cultivate legal talent, and particularly, again, at the junior levels. So I started to step back and think about, are we doing it in the best way? Have we actually in big law made the price point for junior talent essentially unsustainable as something that we can bill properly to clients? Are we evaluating properly what the role of a young lawyer in today's market is, an ever-evolving world of technology and what clients will pay for? And are we really being creative enough about creating a diverse talent pool when, if you look at the statistics, it's pretty clear that as a profession, we may be recruiting slightly better than we used to, but we're not advancing and promoting minority partners in anywhere near the numbers that we should and which our clients are demanding. With those observations, my co-founder Brian Parker and I thought, can we start some company that would be innovative that would attempt to solve this being extremely sensitive to the need to maintain quality across the board because coming from big law, you know how important that is. How does Legal Innovators distinguish its approach? You have to think of it really transitionally and then on a permanent basis. Transitionally, we are trying to locate talent that we think, based on our own assessment, can compete with the same level of quality that big laws used to and lower the price point for that talent, then contract that talent out, but not for what we think of as contract attorney work, but for traditional junior associate work at a lower price point to be supervised by lawyers at a law firm or a corporate legal department with the idea that a law firm or a corporate legal department can bring that talent in on a permanent basis after having seen them in action. A little bit like a hybrid of the way the English model works and the U.S. model works. How has that apprentice-style approach impacted your development? It's key to us that we want clients, and those could be law firms or corporate legal departments, to have an opportunity to evaluate the talent in action, doing real work, before they make the permanent hiring decision at the higher price point. And the reason for that is, I think a lot of partners in big law will tell you that they're struggling to get rates for young lawyers that compensate for the high cost that they're hiring them for. And an awful lot of partners at law firms have said to me over the years and even more acutely recently 
that they feel that the talent level for the price is very hard to justify to clients in a way that clients are willing to pay for. And as a result of that, clients are taking junior associate work away from them or forcing them to do it at an unprofitable level. So if that's true, what we think is we can try to solve that problem for the market by finding talent that we pay at a very respectable level of compensation for anybody coming out of graduate school with no experience yet, but rationalizes the price point. We say they can work in our space, which is less expensive space than law firm space, primarily, and work with the law firms when they need them in their space, which ultimately, if this takes hold, allows the firms to reduce their footprint, which may be happening anyway as a result of the pandemic, but it's always been part of our core approach. You mentioned our space, their space. How has Legal Innovators adjusted its model to help both law firms and law departments meet variations in capacity during the pandemic? Our model in a normal environment is that clients and law departments will take our attorneys, who we train, by the way, extensively, and we brought on people who have been the head of training programs at major law firms in the United States to help us structure our training program. But we do a lot of training, and the idea is in a normal environment that we will place people on this, for lack of a better phrase, lease before you buy standard over a long enough period of time so you can evaluate people. So six months to a year, for example, and then you can re-up and do it again and then decide whether you wanted to hire the person. But we understand that now there are going to be some areas of law firms that are slow and some that are extremely busy and that there may be surge needs for legal departments and law firms and that we can take a, a trained group of people because we've had our first class in action since November, say, of last year. So we've been training and working with them extensively, and they're ready-made quality people to meet a surge capacity need during these times. We're obviously realistic about the way the market presents itself today, and that's another way we think we can be flexible, which we'll get into because I think flexibility has to be where the legal world goes in the future. What are the best practices that law firms and law departments should apply to thrive during this period of uncertainty? The lessons we've learned from 2008, 2009, and now are that big law particularly needs to be more flexible in the way it can ramp its workforce up and down. We may be the only profession I'm aware of that locks itself into both the number of people and the specific people that are going to start two years after, in effect, we make that hiring decision, because we basically make that hiring decision after one year of law school, and they don't start until they graduate from law school. And I say we make that decision after one year of law school, because essentially, when they come as a summer, very few people in today's environment don't get an offer. So you've essentially decided two years before they start who the people are going to be. I just don't think in the kind of volatile economic world, globally and interdependent world that we live in, 
we can create that cumbersome system. We have to be more nimble as a profession. The law firms that develop the ability to be nimble, the ability to ramp their workforces up and down more easily than we have found ourselves able to do in big law over the course of my career, will thrive. And those that are slow to do that will find themselves carrying costs that are very hard to absorb in difficult times. How can law firms and law departments encourage diversity? Law departments that want their outside law firms to be diverse really can exercise and need to exercise their market power. They need to make good on what are sometimes aspirational objectives and give the work where they see the diversity in the way they want to see it and take it away when they don't. If they don't put their money where their mouths are, then it won't change as quickly as it might otherwise. Having said that, I think almost all law firms I'm familiar with and law departments are interested in doing better on diversity. Most big law firms have diversity and inclusion officer, but I think we have to be far more creative and open-minded about the way we locate talent. Big law recruits, not exclusively, but primarily from 14, 15, maybe 20 law schools around the country. I would challenge this, but there may have been a time when a lot of the talent was thought to be in those schools. But like so many things in law over the last 40 years of my practice, that has changed as well. There's lots of good lawyers out there in lots of good law schools. Law firms aren't equipped to visit them all, and they're not really expanding their reach. Also, I think that law firms have gotten away from training and mentoring to the extent that all young associates need. And as a result, it's very much sink or swim early, and people who don't succeed immediately often are marginalized and become disaffected. So law firms and law departments need to be more creative. One of the ways we're trying to do that in Legal Innovators is to cast the net more widely, train people extensively, provide mentoring, and stay involved with people's careers as they develop so that there's a high prospect that they will succeed. We also reduce the risk point because a law firm doesn't have to make the permanent hiring decision until they've seen people in action. And we're hopeful that if we do all those things together collaboratively with law firms and legal departments, we can create some additional pathways in for people who've been foreclosed historically. Where do you see the legal market headed? On the talent side, as we become even more dependent on technology and as we move into maybe a more remote workforce for at least a greater percentage of the time than we are doing now, it's going to put a premium on creativity. It's going to put a premium on drive and commitment. It's going to drive us away from some of the baked in biases that the profession has had over who can succeed. It will put a premium on talent for sure. But I don't think that talent needs to come from only 10 law schools in America and only from people who happen to have had good first year grades. If you look at the data and if you look at some of the information that's been collected by people who actually look at this stuff, the analytics, 
Those are not very good predictors. And we don't have the flexibility in law anymore to assume that the world will continue the way it used to. So we're going to have to be a lot more creative about the way we identify and cultivate talent. And it's a very mobile workforce, as you know. Young associates come in, and in today's environment, they aren't necessarily committed to staying the entire time and taking a straight path up the way a lot of us of my generation did towards partner. If we're going to make the investment in them, we should be making investment in people who we know have the drive and commitment and loyalty, but you have to earn that as a law firm. And that means you have to meet their concerns, which many young attorneys tell me is about being trained, being appreciated, being included, and feeling that they're learning along the way. If we do that, I think we'll have a better workforce that we can rely upon going forward that clients will appreciate. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jonathan Greenblatt, the chairman and co-founder of Legal Innovators, an alternative legal services provider. John, thanks so much. Thank you, I really appreciate being invited. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.